The following audio is from First Hamilton Christian Reformed Church, where our vision is to be transformed by the gospel so that we can participate with God in his work of renewing all things in Christ. For more information about First Hamilton, visit www.firsthamilton.ca. Confidence in times of uncertainty. This has been a, quite a time for many of us. Political, political discussions and decisions, leadership decisions and elections, locally, globally. We look to the states this week and we wonder. We look at, at uh, places throughout the world and we consider. News and social media are, are, are quick to attack. The war in Ukraine seem, seems, to, seems to grow ever worse, even though it no longer really occupies the headlines. North and South Korea rattling their missiles <laughs> as if they were test firing their strength. That doesn't help. And then the announcement this week of a, a mild but prolonged recession, along with some tumultuous markets, have led to a spirit of unrest. We feel it, and it occupies our thoughts and our minds. And while I enjoyed the early morning sunrise this morning, the thought of darkness at 4.30 or 5 o'clock this afternoon doesn't inspire great joy. And it's precisely at those times, precisely at those times, that it's imperative to remind ourselves, to remind ourselves of a faithful covenant God. A faithful covenant God who continues to be our refuge and strength and reminds us that as he has been faithful in the past, so he will be faithful today and into the future. And it's with those thoughts that so often in our church traditions we return to what is probably one of the the most well-known psalms, Psalm 46. Psalm 46 is, a, is, is an interesting psalm in that um, when, you, when you look at the, those who study this, they will say it appears as if Psalm 46 was set in, in a time of war or deep unrest. In fact, 46, 47, and 48 are part of a, uh, of a trilogy of psalms that, that were set in a time of unrest. I want to rest there, although there are other theories about it. That's, that's where I want to pick up this morning. Uh, I, I, I want to pick up the psalm in this morning in, in, in the context of that being in a time of unrest. And again, the psalm itself can be broken down into three pieces. And we're going to go through it sort of in three sections today. The first section, I, I, I'm going to talk about it being 
sort of the, the, the protection of God. When we look at the first section, the protection of God. The second section about the presence of God. And finally, the third section about the power of God. The protection of God. God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Marlene and I had, a had an opportunity this year to, to travel into Italy. We stayed about six or seven days in, in the Tuscany Hills area. And on one of those days, we went on a tour which took us through the, the valleys and the hilltops of, of the Tuscany Hills. It was beautiful. I'm hoping I'm making you a bit jealous. But it was beautiful. And as we toured, one of the things that our tour guide pointed out was that often on the tops or peaks of these hills were towns, towns surrounded by walls. And we got to go into one of those towns. And as we climbed, climbed the hill, it, 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 felt like, it, it, it felt like we were really reaching a distinct height as we got to the top. And as we got to the top, the tour guide, his name was Daniel, he says to us, he, he says, you have to understand, people would, would farm in the valleys around this. They would, they would have their, their, their wheat that they would be growing, grapevines in abundance, olive groves, fruit trees. And those would be in the valleys and on the hillsides. But when the enemy would come from the height of this city, you could see them coming from a long way and the church bells would toll and people would come and they would gather inside this city and they would be able to and as we walk the city you see these immense walls and you see the old wooden gate and you can imagine the people climbing the hillside and coming in through the walls and into the gates of the city and the gates closing and it feels secure and then from miles away you can see the dust of the enemy coming described beautifully by this tour guide. Imagine the scene for the Israelites. Enemies coming from the east. Fierce enemies. Enemies who, who, may, who may devastate, massacre. They were brutal enemies. And so as they're coming, the people flee and they climb that hillside up toward Jerusalem. And as they enter through the gates of David, as they come in, they are greeted with these words. God is our refuge and strength. God is our ever-present help in trouble. Though the earth should quake and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake at their surging, we will not fear. 
God is our refuge and strength. There's an interesting phrase in there that in the Mideast, Walter Brueggemann points this out in, 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 in his, um, his interpretation of the psalm. He says, those words of the earth should quake, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. It was thought in those days when this was written that the sky was upheld by the mountains. So imagine the mountains falling into the heart of the sea. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. That's what is being said to them. Even if you think the sky is falling, no matter what is going on in your life, God is our refuge and strength. He is our protector. It doesn't stop there. The presence of God. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. A holy place where the Most High dwells. Now the holy place, a holy place, we, we sort of get that, the temple, where the Most High dwells. We get that. I wonder, this is a conjecture of mine, but there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. There's no river in Jerusalem. There's no river in these cities way up high. We know that during the time of Hezekiah, he, he drilled a tunnel down in the bottom, right, right through the center of the city down, uh, and they could access the springs and the water that ran deep below the foundations of the city. There was a well that could bring that water up. Water is a significant, significant problem during a siege. You could store food. You can store a lot of things. But access to water was so incredibly important. But water is also such an important theme through scriptures. We have the, the, the crossing of the Red Sea. We have Moses striking the rock and water pouring forth. We have, we have the crossing of the Jordan River. So often water appears as a theme in scriptures. And here again, as we feel the presence of God, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, a holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. But he lifts his voice and the earth melts. It's a beautiful phrase of the assurance of God. And then I love this. Imagine they're standing in the middle of this fortress. Thick walls, gates closed behind them. What are they reminded of? The walls are there. The protection is there. The soldiers are around. But the Lord of hosts is with us. You know who our fortress is? The God of Jacob. He is our fortress. Finally, 
God reveals his power. Come, see the desolation. Look around you. See the desolation on the earth. He is brought on the earth. He, Jehovah, God, Yahweh, he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He protects us from the missiles. He does this. And then, again, the power of God. Be still and know that I am God because my name will be exalted among the nations. Be still has been interpreted in, in, in many ways over time. The, the, the probably most correct translation of this as I look deeper and deeper into this is, is the word be still is actually not be alone and be quiet. Be still is better understood in connection with, uh, I think this example may help. The child who is crying at night, distressed, has had a bad dream, is hungry, is thirsty. The child who crawls into the parent The spouse who is grieving the loss. The parent who worries. And our God comes to us and he says, don't be anxious. It'll be okay. The power of the parent who enfolds the child the last time I preached here, I talked about getting a grip on God, about holding tight. That's part of this piece here, part of that same sentiment of saying, it'll be okay. Don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Be still. Be calm. For I am God. And you know what? At the end of the day, though they don't acknowledge me today, I will be exalted among the nations. They will know that I am God. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob, the God of Jacob, he is our fortress. I wonder if at times we underestimate or mentally downplay the power of God in our own realities and situations. I wonder if we reduce our Lord to a safe, containable, predictable Savior who pitches in and, and helps out in an otherwise smoothly running existence. Just because our world and our culture has attempted to put him aside, to sideline his authority, does nothing to reflect the reality of that authority. From our Heavenly Father's perspective, 
Everything's going according to plan. He has this laid out. Christ is overseeing all that happens. Our perception of and our ability to see his rule may wane, it may falter. But that's our perception only. His actual rule holds steady. My name will be exalted in the nations. Supreme, strong, exhaustive, all-seeing. Nothing unfolds today or tomorrow without his awareness and outside of his authority. No decision of world leaders, no jury, no inquest decisions, no illness diagnosis, no crisis. This supreme truth holds true not only for cosmic events, but also for our lives, our daily lives. He knows you. Nothing is hidden from his gaze. Colossians 1.7 says, In him all things hold together. The Dutch theologian and, and, and politician Abraham Kuyper said, there's not one inch, not one piece of creation that is not under the lordship or authority of Jesus Christ. These words resonate for us this morning. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. In our times of anxiety, stress, busy lives, God doesn't abandon us. The same voice that spoke creation into being, that same voice that announced the birth of Jesus Christ, that same voice that announced at his baptism, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, that same voice says, I lift my voice and the earth melts. And it's that voice that whispers to us today, be still and know that I am God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we come to you this morning, we come acknowledging that you are our Lord and God. And Lord, help us not to be anxious. Help us not to be worried or concerned, knowing that your name will be lifted among the nations, that you are our fortress, that the God of Jacob is with us. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.